Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming to you today from the KNVBC studios at the North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara. California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join me for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible, the Word of God, and share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God today. I'm excited to take the microphone, be able to share with you the gospel, and the Word of God across the uh, airwaves, and maybe you're listening on live, uh, on, on streaming, maybe you're on AM, FM, I don't know. However you're listening in, welcome to the broadcast, and let's ask God to speak to our hearts today. We've been studying through the book of Hebrews now for or, well, I guess a couple of months, possibly. And uh, today, we'll be in Hebrews chapter 11. This will be broadcast number three in Hebrews chapter 11. And I'm enjoying our start into this great chapter. Of course, you know that the context, the theme, the uh, thrust of chapter uh, 11 of Hebrews is faith. Faith. Faith in God. Now, the Hebrew writer in chapter 10 began to adjust, if you will, began to transition into this thought of faith. He'd been talking about Christ and his sacrifice for us, and then he admonishes the Hebrews that were uh, receiving his letter to continue uh, in the faith, to not waver, but to be steadfast and to live by faith. There'd be much in their lives that would discourage. There'd be much in their lives that would threaten. There'd be much in their lives that would uh, sort of uh, harm that uh, very uh, delicate thing of faith because of their culture because of their family because of just the time period they lived in and so the writer says don't you look around you look up and don't you look at things you can see but you put your trust and dependence on that which cannot be seen you have faith in God the apostle Paul wrote about that how faith is the victory and that's true faith is that victory that overcomes the world I like that old song we sing faith is the victory faith is the victory faith is the victory that overcomes the world now we decide we discovered in chapter 11 verse 1 that faith is the substance or the evidence the conviction of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen so faith is depending on that which is never seen trusting in that which is never seen. I've never seen Jesus, but I have faith. I've never been to heaven, yet I have faith there is a heaven. And so on we could go. So faith is the substance. Now, when we talk about Bible hope, we're not talking about a whimsical wish. We're not talking about rubbing a rabbit's foot. We're not talking about Ouija board or crystal ball. We're not talking about, boy, I sure hope. But rather, we're talking about a confident expectation that what God has promised, God shall bring to pass. God has said it, and we have faith in it. Now, it might not happen today, might not happen tomorrow, but mark her down if God said it is going to happen. And by faith is how elders, the ones who came before us, the Old Testament patriarchs, those early fathers, if you will, that's how they obtained a good testimony, a good witness, a good report. They lived by faith. The world around them watched their lives. The world around them watched them walk by faith. And because of that, it was a good testimony for the Lord. It was a good testimony uh, for the Savior, and it drew attention to the right one. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to walk by faith, not by sight. Not supposed to worry ourselves so much with things we can't control, but uh, just give it to the Lord, let Him handle it, and have faith in God. Last broadcast, we looked at verse number 3. 
In verse 3, the Bible said, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And there we have a creation verse, that God created it all. He did it with his spoken word, and that's how the world was framed. It totally contradicts the Marxist, socialist, humanist, evolutionist, atheist theory that uh, the universe is physical. No, non-physical would be uh, the right way to describe the uh, existence of everything. God framed it by his spoken word. He breathed with the breath of his mouth. Now, there's some interesting things I'll make mention of, and then we'll get to a new verse today. And uh, there's a principle here, and it's pertaining to atomic physics, and it's amazing how atomic physics are mentioned in this old antiquated dated Bible of ours, huh? And I say that tongue-in-cheek, of course. Matter, which we can see, is compromised of non-matter. Physicists in the 20th century have come to understand that the various particles of atomic structure are in reality more energy than matter. Electrons are referred to as, here it is, listen, charged particles. And yet the most powerful microscope has never seen an electron. It can only see the effects of an electron. Likewise, the various particles of the nucleus of an atom have been found to be infinitely infinitely tiny solar systems. That's pretty interesting, is it not? And that, again, are essentially they're tiny spheres of energy rather than matter. As these various particles are separated or joined, there is the releasing of tremendous amounts of energy. And you know what that's called? Nuclear power. Many centuries, folks, before modern scientists came to only partial knowledge of the essence of matter, the Word of God already has it defined. That's enough to make you shout. What a book. God created it by the word of his mouth. The physical creation and all that is therein essentially is of another dimension than is commonly assumed. The physicist has come to understand this empirically. God's people understand it by faith. So the Marxist is wrong, the socialist is wrong, the atheist is wrong, the evolutionist is wrong, the Bible is right. Science itself has finally caught up with seeing the truth of Hebrews 11 verse number 3. Now, from verse 4 onward, the writer gives us this hall of fame of faith. I remember uh, going to the Hall of Fame uh, football, NFL Hall of Fame, and uh, I think it's in Canton, Ohio, and I was a young person, and they have all the different players there. They have them uh, immortalized. They have uh, busts of their head. They have their helmets and shoulder pads in there. They have uh, different trophies and pictures and footballs and plaques, and their stats are listed, and these are all men who stood out. All those in the league are better than the average, but then there were some that were even better than that, and they rose to the top. And because of that, they were enshrined in what we call the Hall of Fame. Well, in Hebrews chapter 11, God has enshrined, if you will, several individuals that uh, lived by faith. And because they lived by faith, they saw fantastic things. They lived by faith, and they saw God do amazing things. They lived by faith and saw that God was powerful, God was real, and God could. And they watched it happen by faith faith. All right, so let's begin this now as we take our trip into the Hall of Fame of Faith. The first man we find in the Hall of Fame of Faith is named Abel. Abel. All right, the Bible's in verse number four, by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he, ob he obtained, er, uh, obtained witness that he was righteous. Excuse me, I'll take a drink quickly. <clears throat> God testifying of his gifts, and by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. 
So the first person we find in this Hall of Fame of Faith is a man by the name of Abel. The writer begins in the very earliest days of human history. Of course, you know, if you know your Bible, that Abel is the offspring of Adam and Eve. So the writer goes back to the earliest account of faith. He begins saying, by faith, (coughs) Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Though in Abel's day there was no written word of God, we could say, nevertheless he was aware of the spoken word of God. So you see, you can never separate faith from the word of God. In fact, the Bible teaches us that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He knew that God desired a blood sacrifice. He's showing his faith. Based upon the spoken word of God, Abel did what God asked him to do. Abel did what he was supposed to do. He offered a blood sacrifice. Now, you know the story, Cain did not. The first murder shall ensue. The phrase by which he obtained witness could also be translated, if we wanted to paraphrase it, by which it testified of him that he was righteous. It was a a sign to all around him. He believed God, and it was a pointer in him for righteousness, if you will. The principles of justification by faith and practical righteousness are found all the way back in Genesis, according to Hebrews chapter 3, or rather chapter 11 and verse number 4. So here we find it. God testified of his sacrifice. He was pleased with Abel's sacrifice. To this day, the Bible talks about he being dead yet speaketh at the end of our verse. Abel, by faith, did what God said to do. And even to this day, right here I am on this broadcast in this modern era, still bragging on Abel because he had faith. Now, God didn't have respect unto Cain's sacrifice because he didn't, by faith, obey the word of God. But Abel pleased God. How did he please God? By faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We'll find that verse in just another broadcast or so here in our text chapter. So Abel followed the word of God. It was the spoken word of God, but he followed the word of God by faith, and that's how he pleased God. How can I please God, Brother Cooper? How do you please God? Here it is. You have the word of God. I have the word of God. Follow the word of God by faith. Until next time, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.